Stat Media Group, delivering logistics news since 1986. This is Cargo Masterminds from Stat Media Group. It's Monday and it's time to catch up with our new Cargo Mastermind. Hello and welcome to Cargo Masterminds. My name is Reggie John. Aeroplanes are the most advanced machines in the world deployed to transport people and goods. The business of passenger travel made rapid progress over the years in its digital transformation journey through a variety of automation processes. However, for the cargo that sits in the cargo hold beneath the passenger cabin and in cargo planes, the journey has been woefully slow, largely dictated by very old manual processes. Things changed for better remarkably in the last few years. The COVID pandemic just accelerated the pace of digitalization. Adoption of digital solutions and technologies became strategically critical to air cargo companies. What followed after March 2020 was a manifestation of the manifold increase in deployment of digital tools in air cargo processes and a commitment by industry stakeholders to hasten their process of digital transformation by several notches. My guest today is Moritz Klosen, founder and managing director of Cargo One. Founded in 2017, Cargo One is a digital platform for booking and marketing air freight capacity, serving airlines and freight forwarders as its customers. It offers airlines a cost-effective, data-driven, and fully digital distribution channel. Freight forwarders can search and compare prices on multiple airlines in real time and receive immediate booking confirmation. The platform allows customers the ease of directly booking online within seconds, 24 seven. Moritz and his team at Cargo One are making small but very significant disruption in the air cargo industry and helping the industry to create a digital infrastructure. Moritz, Welcome to Cargo Masterminds. Raji, thank you so much for having me. Good to good to see you. Morris, uh, first thing first, let's just go back to some of the recent announcement. Uh, last week, you announced the Saudi Cargo. And uh, a month back, you announced the onboarding of Air Canada as the first customer in North America. How significant are these? And uh, how, how, how do you look at the market shaping up for you? Yeah, well, first, I mean, we're very, very excited to bring on new partners um, every time we do so. And it's a big step um, for us as a company. It's certainly um, a very nice step for our customers, both on the airline side when they join, as well as um, the freight forwarders that get access to their capacities. And announcing Saudi Air Cargo is great. Um, it is a partner that will help us, um, you know, double down on our global expansion that we've announced um, a while back. And serving Middle Eastern customers and having capacity going to the Middle East um, is certainly a very important um, step for us um, to have them on the platform. And on the other hand, um, Air Canada, um, our first North American carrier uh, to be joining Cargo One, another big step for us as a platform, um, a big step in our um, quest to go and expand to the Americas. Air Canada has been um, very forward-thinking um, in their strategy, uh, recently announced um, that they will be relying on freighters going forward, um, which is very exciting. Um, so an airline, um, as Saudi Cargo, actually, um, both airlines very much focused on cargo these days, very much focused on strengthening um, their cargo business by implementing 
um, new freighter capacity alongside their passenger fleet and alongside their their freighters, their passenger freighters. Um, so all in all, a very exciting um, step, both in the Middle East for us, as well as in North America. What is, uh, with two rounds of funding, uh, how aggressive are you to expand your footprint in the, in the Americas and Asia, uh, the two top air cargo regions by market size? Yeah, I think we're, uh, we're after an aggressive growth plan. We've raised two large financial rounds. We're very fortunate to be able to do so in these very difficult um, times last year. Um, raised 20 million uh, from from index ventures, um, and then very shortly thereafter, 40 million um, from Bessemer. And these kind of financial rounds have enabled us to focus a lot more now on on the expansion outside Europe. Just talked about bringing on airlines outside Europe, and we've done so in the past with Asian carriers, Middle Eastern carriers, now a first American or North American carrier, I should say. Um, that's very, very um, important for us. And acquiring new airline partners in those regions is certainly um, a focal point for us. Um, we've just brought in Chad Tiber, um, who's been in the airline business uh, for about 20 years in the Americas, um, who's joining us as our VP and general manager for airlines in, in the Americas, will be helping um, to double down on the expansion there and then bringing on more airlines. Um, we'll shortly be announcing two more senior leadership um, additions um, for the EMEA region, as well as for the Asia PAC region, um, to double down on, on growth there. And then following the um, expansion, obviously, on the, on, the, on the supply side, on the airline side, it's very important for us to grow um, the offering for freight forwarders in those regions. And um, it's not just our global freight forwarding partners that obviously um, are requesting us to go um, global, but it's also local demand um, that we see piling up um, on our sign-up pages to um, eagerly awaiting essentially our, our expansion there. And so all of that is, is I think, coming nicely together now. Um, we have the funds to, to do this expansion. We have um, partners on the airline side to, to expand with into these new regions. And we see that demand is certainly um, growing in these regions as well, um, which is which is great. Moritz, as a founder of uh, the company, uh, and it's a it's a recent company that you founded, uh, twenty seventeen, along with two of your uh, other founders. Uh, how contented are you about the growth momentum that the company has seen in the last what uh, less than four years? Uh, yeah, I think. I mean, look, we're we're extremely happy with the growth that we've been seeing, right? When we when we started out in, in 2017, this was still very much um, an unthinkable idea, having airlines uh, distribute their cargo capacity on a platform, a multi-airline platform, to freight forwarders that could then book at a click of a button with instant confirmation. A lot of what we what we pitched back then um, felt very foreign to the industry, and um, I think over the past four years we've seen that. Um, the adoption has grown, um, that we um, have a huge impact on our airline partners, not just in um, reducing costs, making them more efficient, but also helping them to gain access to new um, business. We've grown significantly. We're serving more than 2,000 freight forwarding branch offices in Europe alone um, these days, uh, more than 17 or 17 airlines now on the platform. Um, we grew our our sales volumes by 700% um, last year. And, and mind you, these were obviously difficult um, times. And um, so all of that is coming together really nicely. Um, in December last year, we um, announced that we were processing more than 120,000 bookings um, annually. 
So that gives you kind of an, an idea of the scale that we're talking about. And we still grow that quite significantly month on month now. And so if we look at the growth of the past year in particular, I think it becomes very obvious that the industry is um, in, in need for digital solutions. Um, uh, what also becomes very obvious now is that um, airlines are focusing a lot more on cargo. Um, and in doing so, they're becoming um, more and more concerned about the efficiency um, that cargo uh, that the cargo business has and the revenues that they can ultimately um, generate through this cargo business right and we see that um, some airlines have announced that 70 percent of their revenues now come from cargo so cargo has a whole different position within airlines uh, generally and with that comes new responsibility for the cargo teams to to deliver on on goals that they may or may not have before and i think cargo one is a really great partner um, to them in this situation um, to take what they've built over the past couple of years, adapt it and make it future-proof. Moritz, so tell us about your own experience in terms of the air cargo industry's appetite for uh, digital transformation. Has that significantly changed over the last uh, eight to nine months? Yeah, it's changed massively. As mentioned, right? I think three years ago, four years ago, um, a lot of what we were uh, anticipating was seen with hesitance in the, in the industry. And if we look at um, what has happened over the past year, that has changed dramatically. When I speak to chief cargo officers or even airline CEOs as a whole now, the relevance of cargo has changed dramatically. And with that relevance um, comes the need to become more professional. Um, a lot of processes are still very much manual. A lot of stuff is happening on paper still. I mean, we all know the IATA efforts to just implement EAWBs, and, and that's still still today not at levels where we would want to see it, and it's been going on for 10 years, right? Having said that, I think you know the change that we're seeing is, is massive, and the willingness to invest has also changed. Cargo used to be a bit of a neglected child within the airline um, as a whole, with the realization that we need to professionalize also comes the realization that we need to invest into this cargo business um, to stay afloat as an airline, but also to future-proof it. Maritz, if I were to ask you to pick up one of the high points of uh, Cargo One, what would be since its founding? I think there's many highs and, 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 and probably even more lows. This is uh, you know how, how startup works and how young companies work. And there's a lot of ups and downs. Um, I think what we're very, very um, gracious for and what we're also very fortunate is to have built a, a team of, as we call them, cargo nods. Um, that is stellar. Um, people that um, you know work very hard every day um, to deliver a product to our customers and partners that in turn they then love. And we see that our net promoter scores are very high and both airline as well as freight forwarder partners uh, and customers like what we're doing. Having the financial means to do so is an important part. So I would mention the last two financial rounds that we've raised um, are important um, simply to sustain um, that growth and to be and able to, to, to grow internationally. Um, and then I think the last point I would say is, you know, as a, as a young company to be partnering with global airlines, to be partnering with global freight forwarding companies and to be um, an integral part of their strategy, um, we feel very fortunate about that. Um, and so I think it's, it's, there's no one point that I would point out, but it's this kind of um, triage of things that, um, that make it very enjoyable. What do your customers, your existing customers ask for uh, in products and services? And uh, what were your potential customers asking for? When someone, a list of your customer, 
what are they asking for in terms of enhancement in these products uh, or some a potential customer? What are they looking for? What are they coming to you? I think we always need to differentiate between airlines and, and, and freight forwarders, right? We're, we're trying to serve both. Um, and, and as a marketplace, that is very, very important, right? One doesn't work without the other. We need to make sure that we stay independent in the middle um, and that we build the best product on both ends so we can we can connect demand and supply, essentially. Um, on the freight forwarder side, one thing that has been requested um, a lot over the past um, year was um, to be able to ship pharma product. And so what we did um, also looking at, at COVID and, and, and the developments there last year was to introduce um, passive cooled shipments, essentially. Right. That was one. And that has worked really well with our airline partners as well. Um, they were looking to simplify that process, that booking process, essentially. And um, so by now, most of our airline partners offer passive cooled um, products. We're constantly um, adding to the products that are bookable through the platform. We always want to make sure that the very core of what we're doing, general cargo, is being done as good as possible, right? We want to have that instant confirmation. We want to make sure that anything you see on Cargo One is instantly bookable. Um, and then we add going forward and we add more products, we add more service types um, to have a wider offering on the platform, always in um, collaboration with, with the customers, with the partners um, to deliver value to them, right? We're not trying to do that for ourselves. Another thing that I would um, mention is that um, we've seen a lot of requests for um, workflows and collaboration amongst teams. Um, when COVID hit last year, um, a lot of freight forwarders were forced to go into home office. And so a lot of their old structures, you know, I'm just talking to my, my neighbor on the other side of the table, didn't really work anymore. Um, and so we quickly were confronted with a situation in which, you know, um, I might have tracked a shipment for my for my colleague, um, but now I don't know which shipment he booked. And, and so I might have to do this differently. So what we started doing was um, build a more advanced management hub, we call it on Cargo One, where you cannot just track the shipments of your colleague, you can also uh, modify and change them if you need. We've invested quite a bit of um, time and effort into the experience post-booking Everything pre-booking we already did and, and kind of the search, the, the compare, the book, right? But now it's about delivering value post-booking. And that is on the freight forwarder side about you know, tracking it, modifying it, making sure that I can share it with my, my, my colleagues. Um, and for the airlines, um, that means that there is less um, work required um, to interact with a freight forwarder as shipments are being modified, as they call to ask what happened to my shipment, right? And with that comes that we've integrated an alerting system where we now proactively um, send notifications, for example, to a freight forwarding customer if a shipment derivates from its original um, plan. You can set those. And all of these things kind of make it easier for people to collaborate digitally rather than having to get on the phone or writing emails or doing it in an office space that many companies still don't have currently because of COVID. Air Cargo is uh, actually all about speed and uh, reliability. Uh, so according to you, how true is this for the current scenario? And I'm asking this question, particularly in the context of uh, supply chain visibility has emerged as a, as a top technology and business trend during the pandemic. Companies uh, in the uh, supply chain visibility are the, the new kids on the investment radar. Tell us how does Cargo One intends to leverage uh, your current uh, capabilities and scale your operations? 
Yeah, I think you're ex exactly right, right? I mean, air cargo should be about speed and reliability. That's that's the reason why people choose that mode of transport. If I don't need speed, I can put it on a ship and it's going to be a lot cheaper, right? Or I'll put it on a train, but it might get stuck somewhere um, in the Russian winter. And so um, it is about speed and reliability. And I think it's something that we should always remember. Um, and that should be the standard that we are after as a um, as an industry, I think what we what we see is yes, during COVID, um, visibility, transparency uh, in supply chain has become more of a topic. But realistically, customers were ex already expecting that, right? If we look at how we order our stuff nowadays on on Amazon or on Alibaba, we know exactly where our shipment is any time of day. Like we can we can anticipate the guy ringing on our door, um, and, and we'll get a notification. Yet, if we put something on a plane, oftentimes it's a bit of a black hole. So I think that's something that the industry needs to address. Um, and data quality and tracking in particular is a big, big topic. It's horrible for most um, for most providers. And so there is a long way that we need to um, need to go. I think what we've been doing, and I mentioned the management hub, right? We've been working very closely with our airline partners to develop and continuously develop our tracking. Um, and to make sure that um, our freight forwarding customers have an instant view on where their shipment is. Um, we've taken that a step further and become proactive about what happens if something doesn't go to according to plan. And that's normal, right? Like we're in, in, in global um, logistics, things will go wrong. And that's okay as long as we create visibility around what is happening. And so our take on that was to say, we're going to create an alerting system where customers can set alerts and they can tell us what they want to know and what they don't want to know. And we'll help them understand, you know, if something derivates or we tell their colleague to take a look at it and these kinds of things. So that's that's something that we have leveraged quite a bit. We've started working with trackers um, and have started a trial um, with a non-lithium ion battery um, tracking provider um, to see whether we can generate our own data, aside from the official airline data, the cargo IQ milestones, um, to create more visibility, right? In particular, when it comes to shipments that need to be tracked, pharma or else. Um, so there's a lot that we've been working on, and I think there's still a lot that we need to do. Again, we're trying to do this in very close collaboration with our freight forwarding partners as well as our airline partners. Moritz, uh, would you have any products in mind uh, that, that would address the sustainability issues of the air freight industry or aviation industry? Yeah, I think that's a big topic, to be frank. And I think um, it's another topic which this industry has for too long put on hold and hoped that it wouldn't be affected by it. And I think the reality is that we see customers are a lot more worried about um, their carbon footprint. Shippers now go to freight forwarders and say, look, how, how, what does your supply chain look like, right? And um, can we make it carbon neutral? And so it's a topic that we need to address as an industry. I think um, efficiency is certainly one aspect of that. And um, having planes not fly at 40% load factors is, is certainly an important um, part to that. Um, going into initiatives as airlines um, with more sustainable fueling, for example, is another one. And I think there's more concrete ones um, like having carbon offsetting as part of a product offering, right? And a platform like Cargo One is certainly in a very good position to be offering that. We're working with some of our partners to look into what this could look like, right? Whether that is a, a carbon offsetting based on 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 um, on the airplane type or the, the, the supply chain in general, or whether that is in a checkout process something that you can buy 
um, there's there's different ways of looking at that, um, but it's certainly something that we're aware of and that we're taking very seriously. Morris, can you tell us about your current uh, list of uh, customers, airlines and freight forwarders, and uh, do you have any specific targets by the end of 2021, you would have X number of uh, customers, both from airlines as well as freight forwarders? So more is always better, I would say, Reggie. <laughs> I think we're at roughly, I guess it's 17 airlines on the platform currently, uh, now with Air Canada and, and Saudi Cargo being being announced. Um, there is a few more players um, uh, coming, uh, an Asian player, a Middle Eastern, um, a European, and a North American carrier that, that that will be announced shortly. So that's that's very exciting. Again, I think more is better, and we're working very hard um, on, on expanding um, and, and kind of being able to serve more customers at once. Um, Chad and, 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 and the Americas is certainly part of that effort, right? And I mentioned the other two positions that were filling and announcing very shortly. What we've also seen is that, and I mentioned that in one of the first questions, right? That demand is growing in areas where we're not present yet for, for our demand side customers, for, for the freight forwarders. Um, so we have sign up lists where um, freight forwarders in the Americas and Asia can actually sign up. And then these are growing quite quickly as we gain more recognition in the industry. We're serving 2000 plus freight forwarding offices all in Europe right now. We've grown those by, by 300% last year. Um, and we continue to grow at the same rate, um, even though the base is getting bigger. Um, so yeah, we have big ambitions. Uh, I don't have any any concrete numbers. I think um, we're, we're, we're changing quite a bit and growing quite a bit right now, um, but we have big ambitions. You decided to go completely remote last year and uh, build a fully virtual organization with employees working from as many as, if I'm not mis mistaken, about 25 countries across different time zones. Uh, how is it paying off? And will you continue to remain fully remote and completely virtual? Yeah, it's an interesting question. Actually, we took this decision pre-COVID. Um, we said we wanted to be fully remote. And I think um, there were two aspects that, that were very important to us. One was we, we understood very early on that, you know, for Cargo One to become a global partner for airlines, we would have to be um, global. Um, and that would mean that even as a young company, we would have to have people all over the place. Um, and so, you know, remote supports that, um, in, in fact, right? That was one. And the other thing was, I think we've always recognized that, that, that the most sustainable competitive advantage that we can build as a company is to have a stellar team. And so finding the right people is paramount to us. Um, and the right people aren't always located in Berlin, our, our hometown, right? Uh, they might be in very different places. And in fact, we've seen that they are in very different places. And um, so that was a consideration. When COVID hit, um, we took the decision to, to accelerate that process. Um, we gave up our offices and we made sure that everybody was well set up. We're fully cloud-based. Um, there's no physical infrastructure that we need uh, to make use of. And by now we hire, I think, yeah, 25 countries roughly. We started out by limiting it to time zones east and west of Berlin in terms of three hours. Um, by now, we've gone further than that. And it's been a really interesting um, experience. We've grown the team by more than 100% um, in the past couple of months. Most of these people we've actually not met. Um, they all go through proper background checks, of course, and through proper hiring processes to make sure that we're all on the same page, right? But we've been able to hire people that we wouldn't have access to. Um, Chad that we've brought on in, in the US, for example, is located in Dallas. That wouldn't have been possible. Um, and now it is. And I think 
um, that's very, very interesting. Um, and it gives us a, a competitive advantage going forward. Okay, Maurice, uh, are you adequately funded now or are you looking at uh, any more round of uh, funding uh, this year or next year? I think we're ac- adequately funded for now. Uh, we've raised 60 million last year and um, we're fully focused now on delivering on our expansion strategy, uh, You know, helping our customers um, grow their business um, grow efficiency um, across the board. That 60 million will support that ambition and will help us um, to reach our goals, right? But as we continue to grow, I expect there to be more funding rounds. Um, We chose to be a venture capital-backed company. Um, We chose to do that because we think growth and being able to serve our customers in the best possible way um, is important. And so I expect there will be more funding rounds, but for now, um, we're heads down, focusing on delivering the best value that we can to our customers. Okay, my next question is a bit more interesting. Um, Taking Cargo One public sometime in the future, is that uh, something that you think about it? And the reason I'm asking this is, uh, again, I want to connect back to the supply chain visibility and the companies and the supply chain visibilities are actually in the radar. I think there are there are news about Blue, Blue Yonder trying to go IPO later this year. It was supposed to be taken over by by Panasonic, which already has an uh, investment in it. Uh, Project 44, again, another US-based, uh, German-based company likely to go E2 open, another company likely to go public. Uh, we are also seeing like significant amount of investment coming into companies like Forkites, uh, 100 million announced last uh, last uh, week. Uh, so there is there is a market appetite for uh, companies in the supply chain visibility. So is that something that you remotely thinking about it? And uh, do you think that there would be a scenario that Cargo One would be listed sometime in the future? Yeah. So I think firstly, Reggie, I mean, it's amazing to see that uh, you know logistics logistics and supply chain is suddenly on, 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 on the radar. Um, it wasn't for many years, right? And I think still when Flexport started out doing digital freight forwarding, that was a new thing. And everybody was very surprised that they got funding in the first place. And then obviously we all know they got quite a bit of funding kind of following up. And um, I think it's amazing to see that this industry and this this whole kind of industry as a, as a whole has, has been able to, to kind of change uh, perception and and that that there is funding coming in and it's very very important that it does because that will change um, the innovation cycles drastically. For us, our aim right now is to build the best product, the best company that we can to support our partners uh, globally. Right, that is um, what we're fully focused on. Um, we've received plenty of funding right now, um, and if we see that goal being supported by going public in the future, I think. That's something that we would certainly consider, but it's not a goal for us right now, right? As of now, we're focused on delivering value. We're focused on um, doing so in the best possible way. And we can confidently, I think, do so as a privately held company uh, in the medium term. And to my final question, uh, when do you think a cargo one will turn profitable? Yeah, profitability um, is, is always an interesting question. We don't talk about our internal um, numbers and, and thus we also don't talk about profitability metrics. I think, again, for us, um, you know, we chose to be venture capital funded. We thought that was the right way forward. And then so do our um, investors. And so for us, it is more about investing our money into the right um, growth levers right now, into the right products to support our customers um, globally. And profitability is certainly a metric that we look at, but it is not something that is top of mind for us in the very short term. Moritz, uh, 
it was such a pleasure talking to you. Thanks for sharing your thoughts on uh, how Cargo One intends to shape the future of air freight uh, with cutting edge, cost-effective, uh, innovative digital solutions. Thanks, Raji, for having me. This was fun. That was uh, Moritz Klosen, founder and managing director of Cargo One. That's it from us at Stat Media Group. We bring Cargo Masterminds every Monday. Thanks for tuning in and come back on next Monday for a fresh episode. Have a nice day.